everybody, welcome to another episode of Throne Wrenches Podcast. My name is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the auto podcast that can yuck some yums, right, Eric? <laughs> I still <laughs> don't know what that means, Daryl. I mean, we've I gone we've gone a whole another episode. Yeah. And, I, and I mean, nobody called you out on it, except for me, maybe. I think, yeah, you might have. But our but special guest, my yes, special, yes, our yes. special guest who's sitting in the room right now, uh, we asked him what yuck some yums mean. And I think he may be just a year or two senior to me. But uh, he didn't know what a yuck your yum was. Special guest, would you like to tell us who you are? Hi, I'm Dean Plumador. <laughs> <laughs> the, the famous Dean Plumador from the Champaign County Sports Car Club. Dean is joining us again. We're going to talk all kinds of things, Champaign County. We're going to talk autocross. And we're going to talk about COVID and autocross and how you do it. So Dean is the expert. Oh, but yeah. Dean, of all the stuff you know, do you know yuck your yums? You know, I, I, it sounds like a Three Stooges gag to me, but yuck your yums sounded like a, a good thing. You know, like yeah. yums, we like yums. Yucks, but, I like to laugh. Ah, I, I, I color me clueless. But it wasn't funny, Daryl. It was something bad, wasn't it? It was. It was almost like uh, somebody <laughs> – I think uh, some similar phrase would be like, you know, whizzing in your Cheerios or your cornflakes no, or whatever. So, no, but no. <laughs> regardless, we've moved past that. I even had to Google it to see if it existed. Uh, the jury's still out. Did so. you hit the Urban Dictionary? I, uh, no, that no. is a slippery slope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, a, always. Yeah, the yums may be a whole different thing. Than we're, what correct, we, yeah. correct. It might be a good place to go. No. But, <laughs> Dean, welcome back to the show. Thank and you. We Thanks will, for having me. We will probably have plenty to talk about in this hour. We're trying to think back, Eric. What was the, the show that Dean was on last Golly, was, it had to be like episode 19 or 20. It's been a while. Early. Back yeah. in 19, I think, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? This was a remote show we actually did in Dean's house in Bloomington. Uh, this was one Corvette. Ago. You've already changed Corvettes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. So yeah. we'll talk about that. Maybe the next time you're on, you'll have another vet. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. no, we don't want to wait that long. Okay. <laughs> Maybe one of them fancy mid-engine ones. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right. And, we, and at that time, the C8 was like uh, in, still in production, right? I mean, it hadn't yeah, come out yet. The C7, C7 was sorry. in production, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were actually, I think one of the segments we were talking about. The broken glass. The, yeah, it was breaking glass during the tests, uh, prototypes. Oh, the yeah, revving the engine. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were still testing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It was cool stuff. Anyway, oh, so let's go back. If you don't know who Dean is, uh, you'll, it's a great show. Uh, actually, he schooled me in all kinds of things autocross back then, and, which he's still doing. Continues we'll probably school, get it. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the sponsors real quick. If you haven't been following along with the show, uh, you would not know about these two sponsors, but they have been helping us since the very get-go. I'm going to start talking about Fort's Toyota Pekin. Daryl, you ever heard of Fort's Toyota Pekin? I'm, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar. Okay. Fort's I have. <laughs> I Ford's, have. <laughs> Ford's Toyota Pekin can be found at toyota-pekin.com. They're a small family-owned dealership in the heart of central Illinois selling new and used Toyotas along with certified and other used cars as well. Uh, I, full disclaimer, Daryl and Dean, did you know I work at Ford's Toyota? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Right. I heard right. that. <laughs> okay. news, to me. You know that? news to me. I oh, call cool. shenanigans. Yeah, on that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yucks uh, and yums. Yes. yums. Yeah. <laughs> right. Started there in 1996, <laughs> celebrating 25 years in the automotive excellence here in April 1st of uh, congratulations 2021. Yeah, <gasps> it was really? a continu- I did leave for a couple of years, so it's kind of a miss. It's Wait, not really. Did you say April 1st? A- your- I started on April Fool's Day, 1996. It's the easiest day to remember. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it is. 
I guess it is. Uh, you don't get the gold watch this year, though, right? No, 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 no. Anyway, I just uh, – uh, well, anyway. Forts Toyota Pekin. Find them on the web, toyota-pekin.com. They also have a great Instagram page at uh, at Forts Toyota, and you can find them on Twitter and Facebook, everywhere else like that, at Forts Toyota. Daryl, who's our other sponsor? Our other sponsor is another name you might be familiar with, a longtime supporter of the program and uh, a frequent guest, which we probably will have. I think he's coming up here pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, we'll get him on. Uh, KC Law Office. You can visit uh, Gabe Casey's uh, law office on the web at clomorton.com, formerly clopeoria.com. By the way, both of those domains point to the same place, so you can learn all you need to know about the modern legal practice dedicated to uh, an honest practice of law. And if you're interested in what he's about, you can check that out uh, and also get a free consult. Uh, you can uh, visit clomorton.com. You can also check out Arena Esports, 309arena.com on the World Wide Web. Interesting stuff going on over in Morton if you're into uh, gaming. Yeah, and actually during this whole gas outage thing and all that stuff, he yeah. <laughs> he was on TV talking about suing the city. Remember that? I didn't see that episode yeah. of... So, uh, so if you have a lawsuit yeah, yeah. that's pending against the city for your uh, gas bill being five times the normal rate because of the uh, yeah. whatever happened, thank God I'm on on electric and propane out here, so I don't have to deal with it. But uh, That was the $10,000 bill, right? Yeah, yeah. We got a bill yeah. for 10 Whoa. Gs. Yeah. It sounds like Texas. Anyway, so call, yes. go to clomorton.com to see if you have any legal legal ramifications against the city of Morton. Anyway, sorry. And we'll talk about Land Cruisers with Gabe at some yeah. future episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, about your host, normally we sit here and we uh, yuck our yums about uh, each other's... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to live this down, man. <laughs> no, you're not. No. We talked about no. how great Daryl is and I am and Dean is, but we uh, actually we skipped right ahead on that section of the show. So if you don't know who we are, go back to that previous episode with Dino and we'll talk about it. Reviews. I mm. talked about it last time and somebody listened. I'd like to thank Leroy F. He got on the iTunes the other day, Daryl, and he gave us a review. He said, sitting at the gas station. That's the title of this uh, review. I love this podcast. I listen while I'm out in my garage. They are very easy to listen to. They talk about a wide range of different topics, and these guys – it's like the guys I used to hang out with at the gas station while I worked. It's a great podcast. Thank you, Leroy. Appreciate that. That actually is like the greatest uh, review I can have because it just means just two guys sitting around talking, right? Yeah. I feel that. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Appreciate yeah. that. Well, today will be three guys. But it's – you know what? I, th- I think that's high, high praise. It's a good compliment because I remember as a kid – not necessarily a gas station, but going to the local barber shop, there'd always be like the same cast of characters, right? Yeah, Sitting in the waiting yeah, room. Right. Yeah. And I it was it was great. I was there for a haircut, but I'd stick around for like an hour just to, it was entertaining. It was great. I know way too much about way too much because of the three guys who used to <laughs> yeah. sit up at the Linden Barbershop in Lindenhurst, <laughs> Illinois. So if we're doing our part to kind of share that uh, legacy, we appreciate that. Thank you, Leroy, for, Absolutely. Uh, for the yeah. review. And for the rest of it, so Leroy is going to get a sticker because he emailed me and said, hey, I gave you guys a review. So I'm going to send him out one of the Throwing Wrenches stickers. Boom. And you could get one of those too if you just give us a stinking review, okay? And your address. We need to like oh, yeah, we need that actually too. put well, it in the mail. Well, and actually tell us who you are because Leroy F. was easy enough. But some people have like – Andromeda Z or something like that. I'm like, I don't know who you are. You know, I'm not, that's right. not, not sending you a sticker. I don't know who you are. Electric Mustang Fan 442 at <laughs> Electric Ponies live here. AOL.com. Yeah. Electric Ponies. Yeah. Oh, no, it's uh, anyway. It's a whole other whole other thing. That's another yucky yums. Anyway, all right, let's move on. Wow. Yeah. Projects, right? Are we in the projects? Yeah. Let's move on to projects. So, if you listen to the show, you know that we always talk about stuff that's going on in our garage. I'll just go ahead and start this thing off. Um, springtime is here. You know, the, the snow has thawed out. We had a big major snowstorm here two weeks ago in Central Illinois. Kind of kept us all trapped, but 
Uh, Daryl walked outside a second ago. I see like it's thawing out. It's beautiful. The snow's receding. It's nice. So it's time to get outside and do some stuff. Well, in the meantime, my son had a misfire on his Forerunner. Uh, scanned it. Found out he's got a. I think that might have been original plugs in his truck. So shame on me. Got some new plugs for it. Got some new wires. Um, and it's then, a, is it a six or a four? It's, in a, that it's a it's a four cylinder. Okay. It's, it's a two point seven liter. It's just an old, uh, just a basic forerunner, which is perfect because I knew it was going to be reliable. But it kept having this weird noise. And I thought for sure the AC compressor was falling apart. Mm-hmm. The alternator was falling apart. Uh, God, somebody did say something about unicorns and. The other day, unicorns and zebras. Yeah, they, who, anyway, that's unicorns side, and zebras. Yeah, but the, that's yeah, a dean but, phrase. But no, somebody yeah. came to us with a review or a comment saying they did the unicorn zebra check, and uh, because of Dean, they went for the uh, the zebra, <laughs> and sure enough, that's what it was. Anyway, so what did it end up being on Aiden's truck? A harmonic balancer was going what? out. Yeah, and I thought I'm like, you know, I haven't seen a harmonic balancer go bad in forever, but ended up looked some metal shavings on the front of the crankcase. Ooh. Like you can see like where that's walking back yeah, and forth. Yeah, we're walking back and forth and rubbing. Ooh. Not a big deal. Toyota's, I mean, hey, it's yeah, a Toyota yeah. man. It can handle this. Right, right, right. So, uh, ordered a harmonic balancer for it. Well, that was during the snowstorm two weeks ago. And I did one over to the factory one because, you know, it was like $300. So I got one from Napa coming, which we're a Napa dealership. Yeah. Uh, well, it was in stuff. Georgia, and I think it got lost somewhere in the snowstorm. So I think I've waited two weeks for this part. But it's saving me $200, you know, so I had to do that. Uh, and that's basically been the extent. Now, the other day, I opened up the mailbox, and there's a box from eBay addressed to my son. I'm like, no, oh, I like to open his stuff to see what he's spending his money <laughs> Snooping on. Snooping around. <laughs> Snooping, yeah. 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 And what's in there but an, an old-fashioned Ooga horn. Like a Ooga. Yeah, like off a yeah. Model oh, A yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like, Dad, do you think that'll fit in my car? And I'm like, oh, my God. Seriously? <laughs> so after you wired back. it up, yeah, yeah. you're going to yeah. make yeah. those uh, Yeah, he's come like, back. do you think there's enough wires in there? Cause enough? And I'm like, we can make this work. This is pretty low tech. But this will be a good <laughs> father-son project coming up, right? That's That'll cool. Be fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other projects. My wife actually rode horses for the first time this spring. So that meant I had to air up the tires on the trailer and on the truck. Now, these tires, you had to blow out like last year, right? Every, you, know, you know why? Because she'll just take off. She'll be like, I'm going to go riding. Uh-huh. Well, does she check the air in the tires? Sure enough, you know, all the tires in the trailer were like 35 pounds. Usually set trailer tires at 50. Okay. So I ra- raise them all up. And then the back truck tires were like at 20. You know, so I raised those up to 35. But she might have just left here and drove. Fortunately, she's only going to Morton. But if she went to Sand Ridge or, say, Shawnee Forest, yeah. you know, a couple hundred miles. <laughs> and then called me, wow. you know, an hour into the drive. I got a flat tire. You know. Right, right. It's happened, Dean. It's happened. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can so, see it. So <laughs> you need one of those onboard air setups, right? Yeah. Right, Ooh, right. You can find those little sensors on, on Amazon. Well, we have a tire pressure. Oh, you mean for the trailer? Yeah. yeah, remote ones that you put it on a dashboard. You can see all okay. four sensors. So let's let's pretend my wife saw one tire deflating. She's driving on Interstate 55. Yeah, what would she do? She would pick up the phone call. No, AAA. She, she would just wait till it blew out and then just stop. You know, she's not going <laughs> to stop and change it or go out and check it. I mean, unless the off ramp's right there. There is something with that, Sarah. I love my wife. She's a wonderful woman. Uh, li- regular married. listener, by the way. Regular listener to the show. Yeah. She refuses to put air in her tires. I hate doing that, she says. That's your job. And I don't mind, <laughs> among other things, okay. mechanical, I don't mind doing it. But I'm like, if it's one tire and it's like five pounds low or something, or the temperature changes or, and the light yeah. comes on, I'm like, just – I mean, we have, we've got compressors. We've got a little air gun at yeah. home. I mean – Does your Highlander tell you which tire's low? 
Sadly, it does not. No, okay, the previous right. generation did. The it's so stupid. How they, I don't I know. What's with that? Why do those things keep know. changing around know. like that? It would be super handy. It's, it's yeah. the technology, how they're scanning. So you probably have a central scanner in the middle of the car that's reading all of them. And they probably used to have one that would like read the location of them or something. Yeah. Who knows? Some of them I've seen too. I think Chrysler cars, they have a little frowny face or a happy face. What? So you get the light, but then you also get a frowny – like the old Macintosh. They yeah. Have. <laughs> I've never seen That's that. That's wrong. It was like, oh, it's cute. The Jeep is happy. And then you have a flat tire and it's, <laughs> it's, it's frowning sad. at you. Mm. So mm-hmm. is the check engine light going to come with a face now too? Probably. It should. <laughs> oh, probably. probably. Social emotional yeah, yeah, learning yeah. applies to right. your check engine light now. Is, yeah. I'm can, really feeling like my oxygen sensor on, is not happy. Dean, you're, on, you're definitely onto something there. <laughs> on a scale of okay. 1 to yeah. 10, how check engine-y do you feel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> point to it. Point to Check it. Yeah. There's a little arm that comes point up on the dash yeah. and points. Point to what doesn't feel good. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, if anyone wants to cut a million dollar check to you Dean. want us, you need us. Yeah, yeah. that's a Stellantis idea because oh. they, they'll do anything over there. I think. So great. Yeah. So besides uh, truck uh, trailers and horses, you're doing some other things here. Uh, in the yeah. So I'm just gonna make. Oh yeah, I, I had to fix some because I ran my trailer into one of the. Fence posts outside. I what? fixed that yesterday. On the we, way in or out? I won't even get into that one. Anyway, so that was my project yesterday. And then uh, tomorrow – yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to register for the Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride. It's a Toyota Land Cruiser sanctioned event. It's going to be happening in Windrock Park in June. It's going to be the, the first off-road event I've done with Toyotas in a year. That I mean, long, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything was canceled because of COVID last year, so I'm hoping that we get a big mob of people from Central Illinois going to this thing. I'm going to get online after we do this show today. Today's the uh, 28th of February, by the way. Uh, letting everybody know we got to register tomorrow, and I think there's going to be like a bum rush to get on this thing. Cool. Is it a three-day weekend? Thing? Yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, it goes all week, but uh, yeah, we'll do a three-day weekend out of it. Are you so. going to take Tree Hugger? What are you taking? Yeah, I think that's the plan right now, unless something else shows up. But, Good. Uh, and then lastly, I my feed is filling up with rally stuff. People are, you know, uh, oh, my, real rally, not like the rally stuff I do, like real gravel road chewing up tires. tires. Uh, yeah, and so uh, the, you know, the 100 acre woods type stuff. I'm like, oh man, I, I I don't have enough time. I need to be independently wealthy so I can go out to all these events and just just check them out and have a car. I mean, <laughs> then that'll be work too. Uh, I don't care, Dean. <laughs> it's good work. I don't care. You know, I I'm not quite 50. I'm getting there, but I just feel like I there's so little time, Dean. I want to do so much there is stuff. So little time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you're getting close to retirement. You could taste it. Yeah, Once right. You get your gold watch. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right. So that's enough about me, uh, Daryl. What do you got going on at the nothing. Used Car Museum of North Peoria? Absolutely nothing. I haven't done anything outside. Um, working on floor plans, stuff for my basement. Or my wife and I for the new studio. The new studio. Uh, we are actually did talk about it having a, a an audio radio slash room. Thing well, as a as a broadcast oh. professional, that could be something you could do for Fiverr later on in your life. Could right? be, yeah. could be. When I retire, I'll just be in my basement recording s- stupid cartoon voices for five bucks a hop. So, <laughs> yuck your yums! I'll yuck some yums in my basement. Um, but no, that's all I've been doing. Perusing eBay, uh, I did go look uh, at that Toyota Century. That's right. I don't the, know if there's a follow up there. Yeah, this should definitely be in the projects. Talk yeah. about it. So the the there was a 1987 Toyota VG40 Century. Thanks to Eric that I started becoming obsessed over and then started researching and just fall in love. And, and If you don't know what the century is, yeah. it was uh, my car of the week, I think, two episodes ago. And it's basically the Rolls Royce of Japan. Royalty and uh, diplomats yeah. get picked up at the airport and driven around Japan in that a Toyota Century. Car. 
beautiful, long-wheelbase executive sedan, almost practically hand-built, gorgeous cars. However, uh, <laughs> after doing a lot of research and, uh, and bugging the absolute daylights out of my wife, there was one for sale that actually a friend Regan tipped us off to uh, up in St. Charles at St. Charles Toyota. It's an 87, and it was a beautiful kind of a midnight blue color Gorgeous, low-mileage, 33,000-mile car imported here because they were never sold here. So you have to import them or, better yet, buy it from someone who already and, did. And wait for the 25-year process. I'm yep, sure. yep. And uh, went up there and tried everything I could. And between the headroom and the legroom, <sighs> even as big a car as that is, 17-foot-long car. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long. That's, it's it's a big wow. car. It's a huge car. Uh, the interior proportions were fairly tiny. And also, I'm huge. So there's that. Uh, but the, because of the armor plating, I don't know what it is. Okay. I think the, I think I was trying to think through what the what happened. What happened here? <laughs> Why did you shatter my dreams? Because I would have, if I would have fit in the car, I would have been perfect. So did you fit in the back? Not really. Oh, um, headroom, Goodness. headroom in the back. There was enough legroom. But the the issue is being an older style car, and I, my '55 Plymouth is the same way. The floor plan, the floor pans rather, they're not deep. Modern cars, it's almost like you step down into them. Mm-hmm. And so it's lower center of gravity, probably for fuel economy, weight, all that. But um, you have a little more room to kind of grow inward and <laughs> outward when you sink down into a car. <laughs> this is very much like a like a 50s or 60s car where it's kind of that short fuselage um, greenhouse. But the the floor, it's not super low to the ground. And so the actual proportions inside it was it was kind of like a I'd say like an '80s Corolla inside. Really, but the passenger compartment is deceiving because that's how big it is when you get in this in the car. But then you have this giant V8 out front, this huge trunk in the back, and then the car is a fairly long wheelbase. So I'm like, it's just we've learned a lot in automotive design. I would love to see what the next generation, the V12. Okay. I think that came that model. It's not the VG40. I figure what it's called like VG50 maybe. Yeah. They came out in 97, I believe, but V12. Japanese cars don't tend to grow that much. So, I mean, if they're going to grow, it's going to be like three or four inches tops, probably in all directions. Right. I had a, a 420 SEL back in the day. Okay. And, and this kind of – this sounds a lot like that 420. Long hood, long trunk. Yeah. And the back seat was very long, but it was shallow. And actually, if you sat on the seats, you're like – the seats didn't even really feel like they came to the, the back of your knees. So your knees are sitting up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll bet that 420 probably was very similar to that century. I think so. I think I think you're onto something. Uh, it was heartbreaking. Uh, we drove home, and uh, I might have shed but, a few tears. But, but the, the best thing about this was you only had to go to Chicago. Yeah, you didn't have to go all the way to North Carolina to look at this one this dude had down there. Yep, yep. Yeah, or have or just buy it sight unseen, get the car, and then actually realize it yeah. can't fit in the thing. So. Yeah. Uh, if anyone is interested, uh, I'll, I think I put a video up. I did a little quick walk around. Yeah. It's a gorgeous car. They're beautiful. If you're under six feet and under 300 pounds, which I'm not uh, of either, uh, you'll fit in there just fine. What about the controls? Were they dated? Did everything feel dated on the dash? Not, not particularly. Okay. I mean, used to. I mean, my pers- well, you're coming from a guy skewed. who drives stuff from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Compared to the 50s controls, or the but I think yeah. I, I think yeah. that, I think there's something from. Fully analog to fully digital versus that middle ground of 70s to 80s. Oh, sure. You know, I think anyone there, who's, there's some ugliness in there. Yeah, and anyone who's owned like a Corvette from the 80s with a digital dash could like probably – the C4. Yeah. They yeah, can attest like it's either everything works and it's awesome yeah. or it's like 
I need to send this out and have some guy fix it and spend like 600 bucks, then it will be awesome. Yeah. Or, or anyone who's owned a 60s Chrysler with the electroluminescent displays. Those are – yeah, Ooh. like – like the. I'll send you a link, Dean. You'll, you'll eat this up. Like Chrysler had one in the 60s called the Astrodome, and it was like this beautiful instrument cluster that gl- glowed like a fluorescent green at night, and it was cool. And then I learned like why you want to buy a car that has that working because if you don't, that's like $1,500. Ooh, and like ouch. tear the dash apart and send mm. it to one guy who used to work in like Huntsville at like the NASA plant. <laughs> like it's crazy. So. so he found a retirement gig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? but he's also eighty-seven, and in five years, it's probably not going to happen anymore. So probably not. We'll just put a Hellcat motor in it. It's cool. Just yeah. swap it. Anyways, no, that's that, what no, I'm that's cool though. I'm, I'm so glad you did that, I, and I wish I could have been there. I, I wish think, you could have gone. Yeah, I, it would have been pretty cool. And you know what? I, I'm sure at some point I'll see one. And it's probably best I didn't go, and it's best I didn't take my wife because I would have been like. My wife would be like, "Oh, this is beautiful," and because we've had, she still talks about that SEL to this day. She liked it. She loved it, and she felt like she was the queen of the world, driving that thing to work, pulling up to work in that big old Benz. Sure, you know, wow. there's something about that. So, if, if the lovely Mrs. Stahl would like to take a road trip, she doesn't listen to the show. You can mm-hmm. say whatever you want. St. Charles Toyota, yeah. great people. <laughs> they, uh, one of the guys actually, one of the sales guys was there and said, "Hey, I've got family in Peak, and I know all about." You know, forts and stuff like that. Oh, so, that's cool. Super cool guys. They gave us bottles of water, and they were pet friendly. So you could bring a little doggy in there. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Awesome. Or a llama, maybe, if you have an emotional support llama, if you need one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. We could talk about that whole thing. It anyway. Is. All right. So Dean, Dean uh, he plays along nicely. He's been on the show before, so he understands how these segments go. Dean, you got projects going on. Are they car-related, though? So the really the only car-related stuff that I've got going right now is car club-related. You know, which is talk, a lot. Uh, well, being the president of it, and yeah, I had no idea what I was stepping into when I volunteered to do this. But we'll, when, when was that? Twenty years ago? Because you know now. Oh well, I know now, <laughs> but no, no, no. I haven't been doing this for that long. I, my first autocross was in 2013. Okay, and I'd this see. is okay. I, maybe I, I do remember that because you'd only yeah. been doing it five years or so when we did. Yeah, yeah. And this is my third term as president. So, See, if you do a good enough job, you get rewarded with more work. No, no. This is how volunteer organizations work. <laughs> you know, y- until you say no, you're it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's true. Oh, oh the faces true. you guys just made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. I know. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm involved with – yeah, I know. Anyone else want to run for office? No? No? Yeah. All right. Just, do you get this? You're doing a great job. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nobody's going nobody's to run against you, Dean. Or how about this? You know something? It's – I've never told you this. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never I should me. have said this to you. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? So you're, so you're busy. The car club keeps you busy. So, the, so that's because it's a new year. Everything is new. We got all kinds of refresh to do. We haven't had an event yet. And I'm a, I'm a project manager by trade. An IT guy, right? So gotcha. I'm all about planning and getting what we can do done now. So yeah. frankly, when the when the season starts, let's just put on events, right? Let's Fair just enough. put on events. Let's not worry about the business and the finance and all of the other stuff that we got to do to make this small business work. Well, frankly, from going to the events, you have no time to think anyway. Besides, you're either racing or you're uh, mm. officiating or managing. I mean, I'm, I'm herding cats or yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm racing. Yeah, yeah. Both sound like fun pastimes. I would go with the racing myself, yeah. but. Herding so, cats is probably part of the deal. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's winter. I've got a. I've got you know a 2017 vet. I don't need to do much to it. You know, I just bought new uh, numbers. I'm going to be racing number six this year. Oh, little vinyl action or magnetic? What do you? Uh, Two tone vinyl action. Oh, I'm saying magnetic. It's a Corvette. Magnets wouldn't. Well, stick. I bought, I bought, I'm just ignoring that. I bought thing. magnets for my Supra last year. Is remember, it? and they fell off, so is they it? pressed them on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's aluminum, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So at Oops. least it's not quite as funny. It as, was. It was forty dollars down the drain. Yeah. yeah okay. So and I get my stuff from SPS out of. Um, St. Louis. Uh, Dave Whitworth, he's a big autocrosser in that area. He runs a lot of events down there. And I there. think he's like a new sponsor, isn't he? He's a new sponsor yeah, for Champaign yeah, County, yeah. yes. Because yeah. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll try and effort that in the future. I think last time I got him online, there's a, a, a pretty good site online where I've gotten my numbers in the past, but now knowing there's a local supplier, you know, and, and a sponsor to, to local racing, you got to use those guys. Sandy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was the name of the company? SPS, you said? SPS. All right. Yep. Put yep. a link out to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I can send that to you. Um, so I'm a geek by nature. I I, I love blinking so. lights. Yeah. I love compute. I love stuff like that. So so that's really what I've been doing um, when it's been cold. You know, I don't need to do much to the car. I'm also waiting for tires. Um, what are you my, getting? What are you getting? I don't know. That's the problem. Well, that you need to know because I need to update the tires on the Supra, and we're kind. Of, I was kind of going so to defer to you. Supra, I'd go with the RT six sixties. You there? It's uh, what are those yokes? No, 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 no. It's is the Bridgestone? Uh, no, the Bridgestones, the RE seventy ones. I don't know why. It's I'm brain. That's a okay. total brain fart right okay. now. We sound like idiots right now, but um, uh, you know, I don't know my tires. That's what it was. That's a whole and I, and I don't know my performance tires. I could talk to you about general grabbers, and I could talk to you about BF Goodrich KO2s. Falcon Wild Peaks. Yeah, I could say, we can talk about those, but I cannot talk about to you. about Gatorbacks? Yeah. No, no, that's, a, that's a belt. That's okay. A okay. So um, – <laughs> What is now? The, the Bridgestone Yoka, uh, the Bridgestone RE71s – they're not making them anymore. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that was the big deal. I mean, that's a loss for the uh, the autocross community, right? Right. But yeah. they weren't selling, or what? But what? the reason they're not making them is the RT six sixties have come up. I think it's a Falcon. Does that sound right? I've never seen a Falcon on an autocross car, but is it possible? Okay. Uh, the, I mean, Falcon's a big tire, but I, I just don't see them out there. So there's there's other tire companies that are starting to come out with these 200 tread wear. They look almost slick. They got hairline tread in them. That is the that's the tire that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You basically want uh, a slick, like an mm-hmm. F1 slick tire yeah. that's DOT rated with a little tread on it. Yeah. That's that's the street legal tire for right. us. Hmm. So you're shopping around. You're shopping around for some some new rubber for the back. You know, I may end up – so F1 supercar. Um, I'm hearing from a friend. Uh, that thought he was going to buy an F1 supercar is what I kind of heard that conversation going. He might. He might. <laughs> yeah, no. No? <laughs> no. 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 I'm going to stick, stick with a nice Corvette for a little while. Um, Six months. I got a friend who races. He, li- he works at uh, Tyrek. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of an inside – you know, it's like, hey, what are you going to do? He says – F1 supercar. I said, but they don't have the right sizes. I got 335s in the back. So I'll run 325, 335, 345. I want some meat back there. Mm-hmm. The front ones, I'm currently running uh, 305s, which were the rears off of my old vet. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, 
And some of these, you know, the Miata guys, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting two 15s. Yeah, I'm right, feeling right. all of my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Bigger. Yeah. So, guys, I need two of those glued together, yeah. you know. So uh, also last year, I ran 305 square up. I did uh, because the year before, it's like, oh, yeah, it's the thing to do. You got to square it up. The vets love it. It's like, no, it didn't. No, really? so it, it worked great. Uh, the rear track, the front track, it was great, but the rake of the car was, it looked, I looked like a ski boat going down the road. Really? And uh, it felt like it was just messing the car up a little bit. Right? Yeah, it wasn't happy. No, yeah. no. Okay. So I know this is a project time, but. Um, no, that's fine. This, um, this is a project. Uh, a little bit of a squirrel, right? Yeah, well, yeah, trying to find tires, yeah. right? And I appreciate the research you do because I, I hate to say it, even this day and age where. If you're an autocrosser, and that's kind of like your pastime, your hobby, right? You're busy, you got work, you got family stuff going on. It's like, I'm just going to see whatever everyone else on the message boards or on the forums or Facebook mm-hmm. group orders and go from there. It's not always as easy as that. Sometimes it, you luck out. But I remember from years ago when I had my Cobra, uh, people were like, oh, get this, get this. This is my setup. And people would try to clone one person, sure. one cool person setup. And it'd be like, that experience is not. A shared experience. I was, for take, I was taking pictures of the tires of some of those vets from the last autocross at Champaign County. Yeah. Because I, when I was standing out there on the course, I didn't hear them. I'm like, these are beautiful tires. Whatever they're using right now, I, I have to have this. So I'm going to go out there taking pictures. Of course, it's the tires they don't make anymore. Oh. Yeah. So that's the thing you need to think about, too. So, yeah. Daryl, you're talking about everybody's got a personal driving style. Yeah. Some folks love to dart point to point. The tires that work best for that are going to be different than a guy who or a person who has a nice smooth driving style. Right. It's going to be completely different. No, you're not. (laughs) That's surgical precision. So here's the thing about the way tires work in general. If you've got your street tires that the car came with, you know, Eric, your super is a perfect example. So it's a bell curve, right? You've got grip 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 and then it starts squeaking and yep. talking to you yep, yep. and then there's no grip yeah okay so i think of this as a bell curve street tires that come with the car nice nice bell curve the top of it big and flat right mm-hmm. you're starting to get into a turn you're starting to get it's going i mean it's talking to you for days and you can adjust your driving in the middle of a turn RE71s, that flat spot where it talks to you is microscopic. Nah, we'll call it, we'll call it you know, a third of what, what a street tire would be. Because as soon as it starts talking to you, if you don't correct immediately, you may be gone. Gone-zo. Oh, just gone. See it's just gonzo. <laughs> Bye. Um, I was running slicks. I was running uh, R-Comp racing slicks on my Infinity. That bell curve went from something I could control to something that I, I had no idea. I didn't even hear it, and I was gone. Mm. That's, so that's how the different tires perform differently hmm. as far as when they start to break loose and lose traction. Yeah, yeah. Driving style is a big deal. I used to go through two sets of tires a season when I started because I didn't know what I was doing. Now I can get almost a season and a half. Out of a set of That's tires. awesome. And the wife likes that too, right? She, no, we're budgeted for two sets a season. <laughs> All right. Smart man. Money in the bank. Money Smart in the man. bank. Yeah. Budgeted for two sets a season. I go through two, period. Yeah. 
That's how it is. So I'm also thinking about mixing mixing tires. I've got uh, two sets of RE71s that I bought last year that I may use in the front until I can't anymore. And the rears, I may end up just trying to find the best sticky tire I can find to keep the ass behind the car. Mm-hmm. Right? Right now, I'm running Pilot Sports, which came with the car. Um, they don't work well unless it's 90 degrees outside and I'm on my third run. And You've that's, got tons of heat in them. Yeah. And so this, yeah, okay, I don't, I, the wormhole, or the, I want to say the holes we go into in this. Rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. But, uh, I mean, think about that. When, when we're on across it in March and November versus July, June and July and August, I mean, the tires make so, – they're so much different. I see guys out there doing the spraying and all that stuff. But, but realistically, you would need two different compound tires if you really, really want to deal with this properly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, the other thing that I've learned about – I learned this through working the RE71s. They're only good for maybe 18 to 20 heat cycles. Now, what is a heat cycle? It is a deep heat soak of the core of the tire. So the reason you spray and spray often is to try to keep that deep heat soak from happening. Yeah. The tire gets hot, but you don't want it to be a deep soaking heat, right? Yeah. yeah. Where and, it, you, and that rubber holds the heat. It's almost like it uh It does. Like a pizza stone or something where yeah. it stays yeah. hot in the core and it you'll be parked after your runs and like you're saying that 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 section yeah. the center section probably stays warm. Hot. Not I mean, uh, July, you're out there, you're at 130 degrees, 140 degrees. It's medium rare, literally. Yeah. You put your mm-hmm. hand on the tire, it's medium mm-hmm. rare. Yeah. So I know we I know we went kind of down yeah, we rabbit did. No, that's great. That, 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 I knew that was going to, you know, I could, <laughs> I could feel it coming. <laughs> I mean, that's the Why? deal. Because I, mean, I was no, here? No, no, well, because, <laughs> no, because uh, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, there's so much information. And, and so we talk about, you know, suspension. We talk about tires. We talk about... This or that, but you could literally talk about your car setup for days, and and guys will lose their minds on car setups. So, and that's the thing, you know. I have coached so many new autocrossers. I was one of them. So let me tell you my story real quick. Real quick, Dean. You only got ten seconds. In 2013, <laughs> in 2013, my first co- my first event was just a G37 S. I, I was just – I had no idea what I was doing. It's like, oh, man. Oh, things I wanted to do. I put a cold air on it. I put cat back. I'm doing uh, stiffer sway bars. I'm doing different pads. I'm doing different tires. Eric, every event I went to, every weekend I went to for two years, I drove a different car. Yeah. Wow. But it was it it was the G37 Infinity. But it was a different car every time. I had to stop changing the car so I could learn how to drive. I, yeah, I could see that. And frankly, everybody told me, stop doing that. Just get good tires. Learn how to drive. Yeah. Yep. yep. Just get a set of tires to drive. Solid advice that uh, I could probably use. So, folks, everybody, <laughs> whatever car you got, get a set of decent tires <laughs> yeah. that are sticky to race on, yeah. to autocross. Don't do anything else. I think back to my autocrossing start. We started with a, a stock FRS, and then I did my daughter Celica. And then we had the FRS with the regular FRS. Then we had the next year the FRS with the supercharger. Yeah. And now we got the Supra. Super. I, I have, I mean, really, when you think about it, I've had like two races, three races maybe in each one of these cars. It's stupid at this point. You know, your brain gets scrambled. Well, and I remember I was passenger siding you. Yeah. Um, which car? The Supra. Okay. 
Did my that was maybe my first time out with it or the second time? Well, second say, time okay, out because you out. said I needed help. Well, I was better the, second, <laughs> the first time. I was I was a disaster. I, I failed seven of eight passes on yeah. the, on the first time. Because yeah. I was just trying to, I was trying to use the horsepower to muscle that car through. Yeah. The second time, at least, I was like focused on on at least navigating. Okay. You know, but oh, it's there's so much to learn, and and the problem is, I did two autocrosses last year, two days, not even two days yeah. in a weekend. It was literally two sessions. The one at Juliet? No, just down in Rantoul. Oh, Rantoul. Yeah, you were yeah, yeah. two days. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't count the the rally stuff. That does that's easy, because uh, it's not re- it's just driving. Right. You know, but uh, navigation. But no. Two two times out in the span of a year, mm-hmm. and you literally have their one minute runs, and you get eight or ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. So eight to ten minutes, twice seat time. In, yeah. yeah, seat time twice in a year to learn the car. It's not possible. Yeah. So now you flip that. You look at a guy like Jason Daly or uh, yeah. uh, Ray Wise over out of CIR. Yeah. Those guys they dialed it in eight years ago, and they can go out twice a year. Yeah. And kick your butt. Just yeah. consistent, right? And kick your – it takes them a half a run to figure out what they yeah. forgot. Yeah. And then it's like, where – what? You're superhuman. Yeah. How the heck? So Daly said to me, he's like, hey, let me drive that super. And I'm like – you know, at the time, like, ha, 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 but whatever. But the funny thing about that would be, hey, Jason would have to learn a new car. And that might be actually fun to watch him drive a new car and see how he did. One run. You think? One run. And he will kick your butt on that one, too. Uh, well, I'm sure he's going to kick my butt regardless. I, I got beat by an Audi wagon, I think, last year. Anyway. But that's the fun part about <laughs> autocross is this, the, who shows up. Yeah. You've got the folks that are, you know, this is, I take this seriously. This is my thing. Yeah. This is what I yep. enjoy doing. And then you have the others that are just like, I want to be a better driver or I, I used to do this back when I was younger. Uh, the the most fun, most enjoyable runs I've seen are things like I, there was a friend of mine who used to race a Mercury Tracer. Do you remember those? Sure, it was like a little Escort GT. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> front wheel drive, <laughs> front yeah. wheel drive, five speed, and he he did some suspension <laughs> stuff, put some braces and stuff in it. But the, he tore the thing up, and it was funny because I think he had maybe twenty two hundred bucks in the car. Wow, and it was just one of those things like I just enjoy coming out here on a weekend and thrashing on a car. And being comp- he was competitive enough to where it was people started questioning like that's not really a, a ninety two <laughs> tracer. It's like of course it is. Yeah. It's an LS swap, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? They're looking for like all kinds of yeah, yeah, yeah. bottles of stuff in it and whatever. Um, but that's the, that's the fun part. There there was uh, other other guys would buy like old Taurus SHOs or they would buy um, like you said like the old uh, the Nissan um, the old Z cars. You know, yeah. something with a decent V6, enough power to be fun, but not crazy. Yeah. The people that usually blow it are the ones that go out and they'll buy just like, you know, a Mustang with all these mods. And yeah. they'll just, like you said, use the or, horsepower. Or, to, or show up with <laughs> a, a new Supra. Pull up with a new Supra. Yeah, I don't know how to drive it. Yeah, oh, those those idiots. On. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. One of the rock stars at uh, Champaign County, uh, Emmanuel, he just traded out cars. He's running a 350Z now. And... Uh, that is a man that is superhuman. Yeah. You put him in anything, and after the third turn, he's he almost has the car dialed in. Nice, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So, moving on. Yeah. What's let's next? let's try. Okay. What's so, next? so the biggest thing we were going to talk about because I don't know if anybody knows this, but Dean is a bit of a technology nerd, and if you've been following <laughs> the news cycle, this, his, his his nerddom falls into the news cycle because right now this chip shortage mm. seems to be affecting everything in our population. Whether you're pl- trying to play your PlayStation or buy a new Toyota truck, there seems to be a chip shortage, and uh, so, that's, that's so it. I, so I called Dean. I said, Dean, we need your geekery. 
heavily on the next episode. <laughs> Not only to talk autocross, but let's talk about chips. So uh, I think this this show let, let's talk a lot about chips. Not Charles chips. Not Lay's. <laughs> right, right. uh, silicone chips. <laughs> yeah, chips silicone, and silicone, right. silicone chips. So yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to have some links to some articles in here. But uh, really what it boils down to, uh, manufacturing has basically shut down in the United States and around the world because chips, semiconductor chips, have, have come to like a, a dry spot or something. Maybe, Dean, can you elaborate on what's going on? Well, maybe a little bit. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a common sense view at this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we talked earlier. Maybe this was a pre-show. I don't know. But – if you're a Patreon member, believe me, it's it's worth it. There's some juicy, <laughs> juicy oh, details. Yeah. We, we had a nice three guys chat. Yeah. Um, 2020 really has turned into an incredible surprise and a perfect storm when it comes to consumer behaviors. Um, early in 2020, folks were shutting down because we didn't want to get this COVID thing. Mm-hmm. So we're working from home. Hey, if you work in a chip fab plant, you can't work at home. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, you know, the, the folks in the bunny suits and the sterile rooms and doing all of this. Because, you know, half a quarter little piece of dust wipes out, could wipe out a whole uh, chip silicon. Sure. So, so chips are manufactured on a big piece of silicon that's about 300 millimeters in diameter. They grow these crystals and then they slice them. And from the slicing, they use a photolithography process that they'll, they'll wash the uh, um, wafer with a chemical. They're going to flash it just like we used to make uh, photos in high school, right? You know, black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the exact same technology. But you're trying to flash pieces of circuitry down to the 7 nanometers width. So you just wire you're width. washing that metal onto that because yeah. you could never have a wire cut that thin. No, no, yeah. you you, you yeah. flash it and then the chemical leaves behind the metal deposit from the reaction. Holy smokes, okay. And then they'll coat it except for where the wire has to go through. So everybody's seen circuit boards, right? Those printed circuit boards. And if you look at the edge of them, you might find that there's multiple layers. Strata. If Strata. You like motherboards and computers yeah. are now 12-layer boards, 12 layers of printed circuits that wow. are all mashed together. So that's why you can get a, a desktop PC now that's the size of like a 6 by 6 Your thumbnail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or actually, yeah, I've seen that. I was going to get one. It's a, like a USB. Yep. It, it's got an HDMI plug-in into your TV. Yeah, don't buy it. Well, but uh, no, the, you can, I, and it works. But I'm, I'm but, saying I would, yeah. but I was like, this is kind of awesome, you know, that you can now move to that point. You can have Windows 10 on this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. Storage it's, and compute and memory, whole shooting match. Nuts. The, and, and the only reason I'm kind of following <clears throat> a lot of this is because I watched years ago, there was a thing on PBS. It was all, it might have been a frontline thing about like how, how Silicon Valley exists today and what's going on. And there's a whole section, like a five to 10 minute walkthrough of how Intel makes chips. Yeah. And it was like watching the machines and the clean rooms and the people in the suits with the sticky floors and all of that reminded me of like, do you remember the Terminator 2 where they go back to like Cyberdyne systems? Oh, and yeah. See how, yeah. <laughs> like so, all that stuff. So it was like that's machi- not sci-fi. That was real stuff. That was yeah. real life. And it's, it's incredible to see the amount of detail. I'm thinking 
you know, chipsets are made much like any other electronic wow. component that's in our cars or coffee makers or phones. It's like, oh, it's a bunch of people in a factory that make it. Absolutely not. There is so many layers, so many different uh, routine, uh, technical steps that are involved. It's it's like magic. It oh, really is. Ogres have layers. It's true. <laughs> what do you got so, there? <laughs> Dean, so, Dean's pulled, okay, so Dean's like a prop comic. He, he's, uh, he might be... The carrot head of the, uh, the, podcasting. The, <laughs> uh, but the problem is it doesn't transform well onto an audio podcast. But he's pulling out a bunch of stuff here. And I'm, I'm looking at like a literally a piece of glass that's been like etched. Yeah, so these are what, Dean, exactly? So what Daryl is holding is a square piece. It looks like a mirror. It looks like a mirror with a bunch of holes in it. Yeah. And that is one of the lithography masks. So that gets stuck on... Above the silicon wafer, and Eric, you're holding one of the silicon wafers that actually has a crap ton of chips on it. Oh, my God. Seriously? That, yes. It looks like a solar panel. It does. But all of those little bitty squares are a single chip. Each one of those are a single chip. So that silicon wafer would get cut up and then packaged into something bigger. Holy smokes. Okay. So, and I've got a couple of the silicon wafers out just so you can see what different ones look like. Sure, but, sure. But this mirror thing is one layer of maybe 50 or 60 layers that makes up those silicon wafers and the chip itself. So this process, the process for manufacturing these things is time-consuming. It's very delicate. And frankly, when they start testing one of these silicon wafers and they test the the chips on it, mm-hmm. they may throw the whole thing away if they what, find what year, three or four of them. What year was the cotton gin invented? Seventeen. <laughs> no, it was 1800s, <laughs> I believe. And uh, I mean, you think for 200 years later. Yeah, and this is where we're at. Well, and, and coming from an electronic standpoint, and, and and kind of relating it to the automobile, you know, we. We didn't start seeing – radios started showing up in cars in like the 20s and 30s. But really people – it was an add-on option. It wasn't something people wanted until they started getting money and things started getting a little smaller, right? Vacuum tubes though too. Right. So you had vacuum tubes. So if you ordered a radio in a car, let's say you're in a you know 55 Chevy. You've got your radio head unit in the, in the center of the dash that's got the controls and stuff like that, the little light, the dial, all that stuff that spins around, the antenna plugs into it. But the actual unit that powers it and has the tubes, the rectifier, all that, the power supply, all that is held behind the, the speaker in a cluster next to the glove box. Sure. Mm-hmm. So half of your dash was, if you ordered the radio, half of your dash, you got 50 pounds of meat hanging off of it got to the radio. full of that. It wasn't until the 60s, and people like Chrysler was actually probably one of the earlier ones to transistorize things, offer things like electronic ignition and transistor radios. It started getting a little smaller. Then you got a radio and speaker built together. Maybe instead of the tubes, you start getting the transistors. It doesn't take 10 minutes. You don't turn the knob and then wait for it to warm up. And then Elvis starts playing. Oh, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wait for it to warm up. Um, So transistors, miniaturization of electronics. It's a warm, Daryl. It's a warm sound. It was. No fingers in those cars. Right. Just a fan. Just a fan blowing. (laughs) So you get to this point where it starts to become electronics get smaller, a little more user-friendly and easier to mass produce and probably cheaper. 
So you get to a point where more and more electronics are more prevalent in vehicles, whether it's in comfort and convenience, but also in engine management controls. You start seeing computer command control in GM cars in the early oh. 80s. Uh, foreign companies like Bosch coming up with electronic fuel injection to replace mechanical injection because, it's, frankly, it's much more efficient. It works better. When do we get to the point where electronics become so prevalent in cars that you start having it, – it's a little harder to maintain a, a newer car because of all the quote-unquote electronic stuff that's in it? I mean, is it 70s, 80s, you think? Mm, I would say – we probably got to the you know shade tree mechanic couldn't really do what they used to do mm-hmm. probably in the late 90s like obd2 so, so 96 up yeah i, I, will I think say that was probably a tipping point the carburetors died in the toyotas in like 1990 yeah that that was so to me once once we went to full electronic efi that's when people started struggling. It's like, oh, yeah. I open the hood. I don't recognize this. Yeah, but, you know, even at that point, the the computers were so single-purpose. They were basic, yeah. it, it was a black box. It was the Apollo mission, yeah. 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 Well, but, yeah. but still, you know, it, it, it was very, very much like an old mechanical piece, right? Mm-hmm. If it broke, you replaced it. Mm-hmm. You didn't so, fix it. You replaced the whole thing. Right, well, at some level, you would replace it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the whole – whole chunk assembly or an atomic part of it. That's so, true because even part. as we were EFI, we're like throttle body injection. I mean, it, it was basically the same principle. You just had a, a computer running it. Well, right. Yeah, but, right. but it, was still, it was still a carburetor of some sort, right? Sure. But, yeah. but the big – the other question is why were we doing that? You know, fuel efficiency was part of it. We're also trying to get more horsepower Yeah. because, frankly, the mechanical stuff – can't fine-tune your timing, your air-fuel mixture fast enough and and with a wide enough variation yeah. to make it work well. Right. Right? Take anyone who has a car, a carbureted car and drove through the mountains back in the day will tell you, oh, like yeah. fuel injection, <gasps> oh, it's real time. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's the My same. Car has asthma. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good description. Yeah, something like uh, that. I'm the, sorry, I didn't mean anything yeah. by that. No, 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 no. Totally. You can different. slander Daryl's old cars all you want. Doesn't matter. It's fine. It's, it's, fine, it's fine. comedy. It's comedy yeah. gold. I'll just bring my screwdriver and my vacuum gauge and just tune on everything. It's fine. <laughs> so, no, so, so you get to that point though. Electronics they're they're prevalent not only in everyday life in the home for consumers, you know, you, but they're in the vehicles we drive every day. They're in the alarm clocks that wake us up in the morning. Electronics chips, silicone chipsets, they're in everything. Well, but so let's look at this. Also, let's look at a little bit of evolution of that. Back in the 90s, even in the 90s, like you were saying, EFI, excuse me, with the Toyotas. Think about the the little computer that was running the fuel sensors and the the fuel squirt, right? Now, what about all of those wires that came off of that? The thing that was just uh, unbelievable was you'd lift the hood, you'd see a little motor, you'd see a lot of plastic and bundles of wires, Yeah. right? Wires everywhere, wire, wire, wire. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a lot of weight. That's also a lot of cost. That's a lot of labor in the assembly of the car. What's next? Well, how about a network? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what does that do? That makes every little chip more complex, and that's that's where we're kind of at now. We've gone from analog cars, everything analog as far as copper touching copper, making things happen, making motors run, mm-hmm. to now we have chips that, right. that basically you know you you set the top of the of the window motor to know where it stops for the calibration, mm-hmm. and then you run it down. And so now it's just a matter of the switch communicating with the motor. But but that switch 
is not connected to a whole bunch of wires. No. That switch in that motor may be on the CAN bus. Exactly. It's exactly. on the communication port. So they all right. communicate with each other across this network. So now you have a network in your car yeah. that has all of these processors connected to them. And so I did a little bit of research for this. I had no idea we had 50 computer chips in a car nowadays. That's kind of the going the average. So think about it. How many devices do you have on your home network? A lot. Well, so everybody <laughs> brings three, well, right? Let me your answer. Phone, let your... me answer. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> going to bring I'll, the average down. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what mine is I'll later dumb it to down, get there. Yeah. But, yeah. but so think about that. you got a network in your car that's got 50 computers on it. 50. That's a lot. So, yeah. I mean, and then we say, well, why can't we get a new car? Yeah. Because you can't go analog anymore. You just can't, right? With all the electronic fuel. Yeah. I got twin turbos in this Ford Explorer that I've got. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought about trying to do something like that in the analog days? No. Yeah, way too no, much I mean, management. That was, Toyota did that in the 90s. It was like high tech. It was sci-fi. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Ooh, twin turbos. Yeah. That's a lot. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And now we don't think twice. No. And we're putting it in daily drivers where folks – Back in the day, if you bought a car with a turbo on it, you were seeking performance. You knew what you wanted. You you had a little interest in it, and you knew you were getting into maintenance. Yes, you were going to you were going to have extra maintenance because you yes. you ponied up the extra for a performance car, yeah. right? And frankly, I've got a hot rod soccer mom car. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. That's the kind of reliability. You said that it, we're not mean, Dean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, once I'll say it once. That was it. <laughs> no, moving <but> on. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. I mean, remember when they they came out with like the newer Taurus uh, SHO with a you know twin turbo, almost 400 horse in the family sedan. And it's like, okay, but we're now to a point where turbos don't, they're just ubiquitous. They're just, yeah. They just show up in right. a platform. Uh, we don't actually have to seek it out. It's not a premium option anymore. We're using that and technology and the management of it in an efficient way to gain horsepower. Instead of putting a big V8 in a car, we're able to half that and get a nice efficient car because of technology. Okay. So we know we need chips. We got to have chip. chips. Chips are, are chips are running everything. Whether it's a PlayStation, like I said before, or whether it's it's your new Tundra Daryl, you're going to get next year. That's right. Yeah. So so we were talking about the collision of what was happening yeah. on the retail market yeah. side for the consumers in 2020. So everybody went home, but now you got to work at home. So we were talking about that digital divide, have have not, knowledge divide, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, with home compute and networking, but if. You have an office job, and your boss says, "I'm going to keep paying you, but you got to work from home." Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You got to have a computer. You probably have to have a desk. Network. You probably Printer. have to have a network. You yeah. probably have to have some kind of internet connection. Yeah. All of that's chip driven, right? And if you didn't have that stuff, now it's a new demand on the retail market. What are you going to do when you're not at not at work at home? You're going to play. Okay, you talked about playstations. PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and Series S both got introduced. Yeah, they all dropped in the last year. Uh, third quarter of 2020. Around the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. How many of those could you get? Yeah. I got lucky and got one three months, four months after. What's your flavor, Xbox or PlayStation? Xbox. Okay. Xbox. Because I'm a PC guy and I might do PC gaming yeah. uh, uh, accessories are interchangeable. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So, that, makes so. sense. That, that was my thought at the moment. Anyway, so so think about all of the stuff that we've been doing the last year at home to stay busy, to keep to keep entertained. 
right? The other thing that I was really surprised about, so, so work at home. Factory folks can't work at home. You're out putting bolts on a car right. in the Ford factory, in the Toyota factory, wherever. You can't do that from home. So the plant shuts down. Folks are at home. They're using their stuff more. They're using their computers more. They're using their TVs more. They're using their – they're looking at their cars. They're looking at their houses saying, well, I have time to shop. I have time to look for that next one. I have time. So now this this retail demand is beginning to pick up, mm-hmm. and especially for things that Amazon can deliver, right? Or Home Depot. Or Sounds Home like, Depot, yeah. Yeah. right? <laughs> right. Right. If I can internet order it and it comes home, I'm probably going to be buying it. Yeah. How many of those things have chips in them? A lot more a, than you'd suspect. A crap ton, right? Yeah. yeah. Almost all of them. Yeah, pretty much everything. Need Unless you're fri- buying a pair a of fridge. How many, how many semiconductors are in a fridge? Probably, you know. Yeah. Oh, I've, my 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 Samsung says digital inverter. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, I'm not sure what that means when a refrigerator, but yeah. digital. Okay, how many computers is in it? Right? How many? <laughs> it sounds high tech. I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. you press a screen, you can see through the glass. Yeah. That whole yeah. thing. I can, no, I would not get one of those. <laughs> It takes, uh, takes, a, takes a snapshot and then tells me what I can make with the food in my fridge. Oh, that's – yeah. That's Give me a break. Yeah, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. So so back to the car bunch, yeah. we got 50 chips going into new cars and they can't get silicon because it's not being produced and it's going in other places. You know, we were talking healthcare. Uh, in the middle of a pandemic, where do you – what priority do you put on yeah. uh, who who buys – your chips. The sure. Samsung fridge or, like you were saying, heart monitor or yeah. life support, yeah. you know, yeah. all yeah. that stuff. Or a car, right? Yeah. Uh, if I was selling chips, I would say pandemic. I'd probably go healthcare, right? Now, let's let's throw one more wrench into this deal. What if Please. you decided you want to have a trade war with China during this? Well, and there we go. Yeah, okay. So, now we got the whole political landscape laying yeah. on top of that with tariffs, with – uh, belly aching about, oh, we don't have enough chip fab in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to buy your stuff and we're going to charge more for yours because we don't have any. Yeah. Okay? So, yeah. Then I, then I, the burden I, starts to fall on maybe the one company that could possibly provide the United States. And that company can't keep up, which, I mean, everything I'm reading, it's Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. TSMC. Yeah. T- yep. they, they are the ones – who are basically taking the brunt of all this. They're getting a million orders, you know, and yep. they can only put out 500,000, let's say. Yeah. Check uh, Wikipedia for uh, – just do a quick search on chip fab, chip fab plants. Okay. And you'll find it costs more than a billion dollars to even break ground for a chip fab plant. A billion dollars. And that's, that's barely entry level for the low-tech chips. So what like, are the average? What's the average cost for something like that? 20, 25 billion. So that's not chump chain. That's a, that's a lot of money. Daryl, we're not getting into that job. I'm I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. Well, and, and look at what you're trying to produce. Can you 25 imagine? 25-cent chips out of a $25 billion plant. Yeah. How many of those you got to make? What happened you know? to – and this is me just being old school. What happened to companies like Intel or IBM, places that were homegrown in not necessarily Silicon Valley but like uh, Silicon Prairie in Texas where a lot of our own – TI. TI did uh, chip fab. Yeah. Um, Intel does chip fab. Um, most of them – so this is a follow-the-money question more than anything at this point. It's not necessarily about Intel, IBM, or TI 
doing fab in the United States. It's too expensive to build taxes, everything in the States. So everything. they're they're exporting the manufacture. Say it ain't so. That's not possible. It's uh, yeah. shocking. Come on. We've all heard of that yeah, before, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so, but so. here's the good news. Joe Biden announced this week that him and a special committee in Congress are working on infrastructure upgrades that we'll just be building these chips here next year, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh, I'm sorry. I need a drink. And this is not, and this, you sound like you're parched. Dude. And this, yeah. is not, and this isn't being political, believe me. It's, it has nothing to do with Republicans or Democrats because I believe none of them really have a clue. When you got a bunch of 80-year-old guys up there in Congress trying to say, we're going to improve this, we're gonna improve, it's all lip service because it's, it's literally standing back in your heels, getting hit with a problem, and then acting like you're going to fix it, right? So, so let's go to something a little more tangible. If you don't understand how chips are made, that's fine. How about Rivian Motor? Yeah. They got a deal on a Mitsubishi plant. The plant building, all of that stuff's already there. And that's uh, down the road from us. If you've been following along, you know we talk about it quite frequently. Quite a bit. Yeah. Over in normal Illinois. Um, but so the plant was a bargain. But they've spent three years raising money and retrofitting it so that they could build new electric cars. This is a very, very tangible thing that they're building things that we sit in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got tech and all that other stuff in it, but they've spent three years and they haven't really produced one yet off the line. They've all been one-offs. All prototypes. We've mentioned that too. Yeah. Yeah. So so my point is it takes a long flipping time to build consumer product assembly capabilities – that we expect to see. You don't you don't just go out and flip up a 100,000 square foot building and start making stuff, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Imagine if they had to build the factory from the ground up, right? <laughs> it's yeah. not a food oh, truck. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a chip uh, chip fab plant. Yeah, or even a car fab plant or yeah. any fab, right? You know, we're sitting here looking at furniture. I mean, that's one of the probably still the lowest tech, lowest volume things you can get, but you know, you still make a crap ton of these like IKEA, right? Mm-hmm. How many of one co- one piece of furniture would they make, right? Oh, yeah. You, you wouldn't shop there because it would be a lot more money. Yeah, it would be a warehouse full of furniture. <laughs> you just start thinking about doing something at volume. Yeah. And then you look at the collision of demand, reduced supply, I don't have people to do it, and then politics over the top of that. Yeah. And it's like 2020 was just a perfect – storm for having problems with everything, the entire supply chain. So, so so cars and chips, the fact that we're not getting new cars, it's just it's just another problem of from twenty twenty, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean the re so there's like a rebound or like a ricochet or whatever you want to call it where all right now all of a sudden we're gonna let's reinvest in American business. Let's let's build factories. Let's do this. We're gonna have tax incentives for companies to, to build this or that. Realistically we're gonna it's going to be a yin to the yang. It's going to be a rubber band effect. Right now, we need the chips. So is there going to be an overreaction where we try and overbuild and then just drop the cost on these things? I don't think the chip fabs are going to do that because 2018, they had, they probably had most of the supply for 2019 pre-built. Okay. I mean, that, that was – you talk about the, the rubber band effect. Yeah. Late 17, early 18, everybody was just chomping at the bit for chips, chip, 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 chip. So the chip fabs went crazy. Um, They sat on a tremendous amount of their production for the better part of a year. Uh, They don't usually build things out more than, I think, four to six months. 
And we were looking at, at 12 months or more of supply. And that's just wrong. Hang on, I'll hit pause. Okay. All right, we're back in. Sorry. Quick break. Boop. All right, so we know, we know that chips run everything, Daryl. Yeah. I, if you were, not Charles chips. And some people run on chips yeah. for everything. Yeah. Kelly like, chips. Kelly, mm-hmm. Ooh, Kelly's are good. <laughs> Cape Cod. Cape Cod, that's my jam. What are the, one, uh, the ones pepper. that were built out in Bushnell? That built, oh, uh, uh, are they still around? Get you cooked. Get, are they still there? They are. Okay, all right. They, uh, Farmington is their headquarters so, now. So, yeah, if you, want some, uh, if you want local chips and not silicone chips, get some kitchen cooked. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe they could be a future sponsor of the show. <laughs> anyway, uh, what we haven't really talked about, and this is kind of close to your heart, Daryl, the Tundra. This is yeah. a perfect example. This is one that's close to my heart. You own a Tundra. I own a Tundra. But basically, they're built in San Antonio, Texas, and Toyota has said that some models of the Tundra that were going to be made this year throughout 2021 are done right now. They would normally be making these trucks and they had planned to make TRD off-road versions of them for the next six months. But they've said, you know what? We're going to change the truck anyway. And because we're out of chips, we're just going to just start tearing down the factory line and the stamps and everything. We're just going to be prepared for our new 2022. Just one gets aborted? Huh? Yeah. 21 model line gets aborted. Some models of it already are being yeah. aborted wow. because of the chip shortage. And, and they're not the only one. I mean, there's been other manufacturers that have been hit by this, but... They're idling factories. They're just shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. Or reducing production. I yeah. think uh, Ford's F-150 plant went to, what, a third of the numbers that they normally were. They're yeah. trying to keep folks working. But yeah, just they just throttle slower. it down. Yeah. So the, the, the downside of that is, you know, is there an end in sight? Is there some other company that's going to come in and just... Spin up production and make it happen and f- solve all these problems overnight? Or is this a much longer term issue? And, and we're going to get into the same kind of issue where we got into with like Dakota airbags or some of the other uh, problems GM's had over the years with like plastics vendors, where it's one company that makes all the stuff. And if there's a problem, if there's a tsunami, an earthquake, a, <laughs> anything that happens, everybody down that pipeline is screwed because there's just no other provider that can step in and, and fill that void. Is that is that how we're at? Yeah, I think so. Um, I know from a technology field, I've been in either consuming or selling or uh, consulting technology since 83. Um, so you know a thing or two about a thing or two. I've, I've got the shirt and burned it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, 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 shame on me because we were talking on the intro about uh, how you are the autocross king and you know everything about you know local racing and all that. But you actually you're an instructor at ISU, Illinois State University. In what in what are you professing? What are you, what are you a professor? Of <laughs> I worked there? for the School of Information Technology. Yeah. After I retired, they hired me to uh, they hired me back to do two classes a semester. Yeah. So this isn't. I mean, this isn't just some guy shooting his mouth off. I mean, Daryl and I can sit here and read the news. We can go to news.google.com and come up with some great articles for you. But that makes us quote unquote experts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it does. Internet experts. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a YouTube, <laughs> I'm a YouTube Google. technician. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, you eat and breathe this stuff. So when this chip, really do. Yeah, this chip stuff came out, I mean, you, you could kind of see it happening. I did. Um, uh, frankly, I think it's, I keep saying that word, but I think it's just an ebb and flow of market uh, supply and demand, yeah. just like anything else, right? And when you build to capacity of an expected consumption level or demand level and that triples, well, maybe you can surge to fifty percent, but you can't absorb all of it. And, and we're what, just 
There's what's, a certain amount of we're just going to have to suck it up and wait. Yeah. What's the catchphrase for the uh, the produ- or for the uh, distribution of parts uh, supply? Now or what? What is it? God, like, what's supply and demand? Or? No, 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 no. When uh, we just right now inventory, um, just in time, just in time, just in time. Yeah, yeah. and so well, that that compounds it, right? Well, well, that's a follow the money question too, because yeah. as an as a manufacturer or an assembler, you don't want to carry inventory that you have to pay taxes yeah. and and right. asset on. Right. No, I was at uh, I was at an assembly plant in uh, Austin, Texas, for Dell Computer. And I saw a semi sitting on their dock. The, the door happened to be open, and there was crates of hard drives in it. I said, why do you have crates of hard drives? And your assembly line's right here, and there's like six over there. They said, because we don't own those. Western mm. Digital owns those in the truck. We walk over with a pallet. We scan them. We buy them at that moment. Mobile warehouse. And then we, and then we assemble them. Yeah. Gotcha. So they're... Their possession of that asset is days instead of weeks or months. Yeah. Well, so that's one, just in time, right? Yeah. There's that. And then there's also – I'm reading a book right now that I think I talked about months ago. I'm like, oh, I should read this. And I still – I just started it. But it's called The Machine That Changed the World. And it's talking about lean production yeah. versus mass production, specifically calling out Toyota as one of the pioneers in that. But also how other industries basically in the U.S. have come from this background of mass production. We're going to get a big factory and full of – full of people, and assembly line produce everything and had to have warehouses full of it. Well, the trouble with that after 70 years of that mindset is that you do. You've got all this carryover inventory that sits in a warehouse or that you can't sell or you, you phase it out because you came up with a new model and then you've got mm-hmm. a warehouse full of old stuff nobody wants, so you got to discount it. Um, so this whole lean production mythology, it, it, it's a great concept but when there's crisis or there's you know things like pandemic, natural disasters, literally a hiccup. Yes, yeah, you really upset everything in there. It's like when you go to the store uh, after the weather, the, the meteorologist says there's going to be a winter storm this weekend, and it's like trying to buy bread. Yeah. Snowpocalypse buying, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So the same thing with chipsets. This upsets the entire automobile industry, other industries too. But I mean, specifically, we're talking about cars. So so the automobile industry is is uh, you know, upended by this for a little bit. What's What's the solution? Is it just like you said, just suck it up and wait? You just tell the consumer, hey, I'm sorry, you can't get this model. Try next year? I think so. Yeah. Well, I think that's why we're also seeing an uptick in the price of used cars. So the 2017 Corvette that I bought the summer, the September of 19, let's say I paid 52000 for it. Right. Right? Two-year-old car? It's a two-year-old, 250 miles on it. Okay. Okay. It was like a brand new car. Second tank of gas the dealer put in it. Wow. But anyway, wow. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Stay tuned. So I have had a an internet search looking on cars.com, autotrader.com, et cetera, et cetera, for the exact same car. Gurus works great for that. You, you look for a car, oh, gurus. Yeah. Car gurus? Oh, yeah. they'll send you emails every day. Yeah. Hey, found that vet you were looking for, Dean. Yeah. Still interested? I, I get a digest once a day from those two <laughs> sites, right? The exact same car with 10,000 miles on it is $62,000 this year. Wow. Yeah. It's, and, and, hey, for a moment, for 12 seconds, it's like, hey, Deb, do you think we should sell this? for? And now's the we, time. We can make ten grand on it, but we can't buy it back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's the thing right now. It's just like selling your house. So you can get epic money for your house, but could you replace it? And if you're willing to live in a trailer for another you know, couple of years and watch the market crash, hopefully. But or never, start over. You never know. Right. Buy a cheaper right. house, rehab yeah. it, buy an older car, you know, yeah. put some miles on it, flip it. 
But the, but the, the trouble is, though, that's, that's a total anomaly from where we've been. And so consumer behavior is – it's fairly predictable though. You get to a point where a new model comes out, people want it or something is you know drastically discounted, people are going to want it. But how do you plan as a corporation, as a chip maker, as an automaker, how do you plan for the unexpected and still manage to either make a profit, sell what you have in the current inventory, in the pipeline or sitting on dealer lots – I mean, how do you make that work? I think 2020 is basically telling everybody that they're going to have to produce less. And those of us in consumers, we may be back to the old days of the, you know, 70s or 80s where you order a car and you're going to have to wait 8 to 10 weeks to get it. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. The humanity. Humanity. <laughs> or, or you suck it up and say, yeah. well, all right, I didn't want the blue one, but I guess I'll take the blue one. Or right? maybe people hold on to their stuff longer. I've heard people say that about the price, the rising cost of used cars. They said, sure. I wanted to you know, get out of this 10-year-old and get into something that's maybe three, four years old for the daily driver for the family. I'll just wait another year because right. I'll just keep. I'll put some new tires. I'll I'll replace. I'll do the tune-up on what I got now and run it another twenty, well, thirty thousand miles. The problem is right now. Okay, we have stimulus money that's popping out there. Yeah. So that's going to boost inflation. But we also have gas prices coming up, and you're going to watch if gas yes. prices hit four, like they did a couple years ago. You're going to watch the value in some of these bigger vehicles drop like a rock. Sure. Like they did. The, the Yukons that we took in a trade five or six years ago, whenever that was during yeah. Obama. Yeah. Uh, we took them in hand over fist. We could have basically parked them in a warehouse and sat on them for a year and probably made $10,000 a copy on those vehicles because the market came right back on them after the gas prices came down. Sure. There's a lot of variables right now. There's a ton. Yeah. There's a ton. I mean, and as a consumer, it's basically I, – I think 2020 may have also showed us that maybe we don't need all the stuff that we – had constantly coming into our life. Yeah. We can rethink yeah. some of those priorities, right? People are paring down a little bit or driving one car. If the people are working from home, I know a lot of people personally, they, they might have a multi-car household. They're like, well, we don't need this other car. It's been sitting in the garage. The battery's been dead because we haven't driven it really in six months. That's rich coming from you, pal. Yeah, so, yeah. So we just, you know, we've talked <laughs> do about... Do as I say, not as I do. We've talked about the Explorer that I'm driving, right? It's a 2020 Explorer ST. I bought it. Oh, wait, what's today? The 28th? Exactly yeah. one year ago. Exactly okay. one year ago. So before pre-COVID. Was last year I, a leap year? You sure you didn't go on the 29th? I'm Sorry. positive okay. because I was disappointed. <laughs> okay. I wanted to get it on the 29th. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I couldn't do it. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, I got 4,000 miles on it. I just had the tires rotated in the first oil change. This is what I'm having a struggle with at work right now. I got, I got customers come in, did 7,000 miles in the last... 12 months. And if you live in central Illinois, you put 7,000 miles on in, in three or four months around here because yeah. you're driving you Chicago, driving oh, St. Sure. Louis, driving Peoria, Bloomington. I mean, we throw miles on here like nobody's Easy business. To do. Yeah. Easy yeah. to do. Yeah. 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 But I know for a fact I had to get out about every two weeks. I would take a drive out to Rantoul and I'd just check on our autocross site. I'd check on the club truck to see if it was still there and if it had anybody broke it. I just took a drive. <laughs> Nobody was with me. I wouldn't see anybody when I went out. Well, it's the best thing you but, can do. It's the best thing, you know, and even stuff with a lot of electronics in it, as we've learned, even something that you park uh, and don't really use that much, There's 
usually some sort of draw on the, the electrical system. Yeah, the battery, there is. even if stuff's parked, there's always something that's running yeah. and pulling. The car juice. is still alive. Yeah, it's oh. still alive while it's just sitting there and turned off. Mm-hmm. I got more rabbit holes I could talk about. A lot of customers brought their cars in because they were dead a lot this year. I'm like. 2,000 miles in a year ain't getting it done, folks. So, no, you got to drive yeah, it every yeah, couple weeks right. at the least. All right, or so, get familiar with your uh, interstate battery dealer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, you, if you've been tuned in this whole time waiting for us to talk to Dean about Champaign County Sports Car Club, you're not alone because that's what the plan was. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of go through our normal show. Uh, we're gonna, we do, i got a moment of musk here coming up. Uh, but what we're going to do is after this, we're going to record and we're going to talk strictly about the 2020 season. That's not SCCA, sorry, CC. Champaign County Sports Car Club, CCSCCA, or yeah, whatever. Anyway, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to make it maybe a little separate segment of the show, so don't panic, uh, because we have lots to talk to Dean about, and the the chip shortage was definitely a big chunk of the show, and I think because it's been such a buzzword, we definitely want to talk a lot about this, and Dean is definitely our expert, as you can tell, on this subject. So uh, in the meantime, uh, Dean, if they don't listen to the next show, they can follow along with you, though, at, uh, at the Champaign County Sports Car Club. You guys have... We've got Facebook, Instagram, and a website. And if you go out to our registration site, it's called Axware. Um, I send out probably two or three mass emails a month just to kind of remind you that we're here and let you know what's going on. It's great. It's an awesome site. All right. So with that, you want to move on to this next segment, Daryl? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to your moment of musk. So I, this is a special moment of musk just because Dean is in the room. Is, is that okay? Can I do that? Am I am I allowed a one off here, Daryl? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, check with check with Dean. All right, all right. Uh, sure. All right. So anyway, <laughs> here's what I did. I said I, I was here. I was looking for. I was looking for anything where Elon has raced or done anything with SCCA or any any type of you know amateur racing association. He really hasn't. But what I did come across is an article where a Porsche Taycan Turbo S went up against a Model 3 with a sport package, and they did it down at uh, the National Corvette Museum track. And it was a very interesting article, so let me just give you a little bit on this. This was from uh, Teslarati, which you you may not be aware, Daryl, they might be a little slanted towards Tesla. They might be. They might be. Simon Alvarez posted this back in September. (laughs) But uh, the Porsche Taycan, which Elon had kind of ripped on, and I think we even talked about that tweet. He said they may not know what the word turbo means. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Anyway, um, a, a, a young gentleman named Rex Rekokonen, I think that's how you say his name, took his uh, his 2020 Tesla 3, and he followed along and did everything he could. He actually took it on video, and he was 0.5 seconds behind with his stock tires in this Tesla 3 versus the Taycan. And that's pretty awesome. You go to Automobile Magazine's Pro Racers, you can watch it on YouTube. Everybody said if he would have been a little more aggressive, if he would have had better tires, he would have actually beat that Porsche. And the Porsche, do you know what that thing rings up, Dean? As far Isn't as price, that like 180 or something. Yeah, it's a cool two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And if you get a stock, uh, well, if you get the Sport Package three, you know how much that is, Daryl? No, no. About seventy thousand, which seems extreme, really. Seventy thousand. Yeah, but that's for a four door passenger car that I would argue is not like the top of the line Tesla. You know. It's just kind of their their sedan car. That's their Camry, isn't it? Basically, basically, yeah. But you think about that. It's a one-to-one. Yes, I said that out loud. Get $70,000 and put it up against a $200,000 car, and you're right there with it. Now, that that also brings up the question, and let's finish up this moment, Musk. 
That was your moment of not really Elon, but it was still Tesla related. <laughs> Are there anybody running Teslas at Autocross? I yeah, mean, yeah, they show up okay. uh, really? fairly certain, uh, fairly occasionally. Um, SCCA actually has a class. An EV class. Yeah. It was an experimental class a few years ago. We talked about bringing a RAV4 to it because that would be fun. Yeah. officially been yeah. – uh, hybrids don't No, no, no. no there's, there's an EV. There's an EV RAV. Yeah. A full EV. Yeah. 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 So what fine. are people showing? What type of Teslas are they showing up with? Threes mostly. Okay. Uh, you know, it's it's the right size, right? It's not a giant car. Um, the S might be a little too big. I mean, it probably the, be fine, the S is kind of long. It's kind of a big car. So three buzz around a, a road course pretty well, I imagine. Uh, so there's a guy out of um, his name's Dean too, out of St. Louis region that brings a three with uh, the RE71, the the hot rod. 200 treadwear, sticky tires. Nice. And I have seen him drive a few times, and it's just, it's it, it's a dream. It, it is a silky, <laughs> a dream within a dream. dream. <laughs> it is. Because, you know, you see this car. It's a big car. He's out slinging around. Er, 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 right? You hear this. No, That's probably it? all you hear. Is tires. <laughs> right. No, no <laughs> tackle. No tackle. No. There's <laughs> nothing else. Yeah, right? You just hear the tires just yeah. rubbing. There's just nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> maybe but he pipes in. Maybe he put it like an external speaker but and he, just pipe in some noise. So he normally runs in B Street, which is kind of a dump class for a lot of uh, high-performance, high-horsepower, everyday cars, right? I think the Supra's B Street. It is. Yeah. It is. It's a, I'm a dump class. He He – B Street, B Class in Nationals in 19. I think he was in top 20 or top 10 wow. at Nationals. Wow. This guy's an awesome driver, and he just – he's latched onto this car, and he's yep. trying to make it his. Yeah, let's let's make no doubt about it. You still have to be a great driver. You can't just show up with a great car and just – And don't it. think for a minute you can go put on new shocks and show up the next time and win first place. And that was, don't work that, that was way. the other thing about this Tesla that was in this example – uh, versus the Porsche, he had actually done some suspension work, but he still had stock tires, so strong work. Fair enough. Tires are really the first place to hit. Absolutely. I mean, Every that time. was his weakest link. Totally. Now, getting back to that tweet from 2019, if you weren't aware, Daryl, yeah, yeah. uh, Twitter users, users corrected Elon. <laughs> uters, 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 two you, two uters. Two uters. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Twitter users uh, immediately reminded Musk of his own words and his lax attitude towards dictionary definitions. They pointed out Tesla uses supercharger to describe a high-wattage DC charging station rather than a belt-driven compressor to increase horsepower. All right. Uh-huh. They also That's pointed weird. out that Elon's proclamation of funding secured didn't sur- survive the first round of fact-checking by the Security and Exchange Commission. So, no, 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 Elon. Right. And <laughs> right. eh, marketing. It's yeah. the marketing folks. Yeah. That either one that. of those – I'll tell you what. Either one of those would be a fun car to blast around. Yeah. Just just instant power, tons of fun. I couldn't afford either one of them. No, but mm-hmm. I'm no. sure they. I'm sure they. I'd be interested to see how you fit in a Model Three. Uh, I said, and what's the one? Is it the X that's got the gold wings? Well, that's yeah. the whole different beast. Falcon wings. That, that, Falcon they have that wing. cars and coffee. Yeah, yeah. I've, I have sat in not his, but a friend of mine has one, and uh, I sat in that beautiful. And I actually like the bamboo accompaniment, uh, the little accoutrement. Accoutrement. <laughs> It's like white leather. It's it's a beautiful like a pewter blue gray yeah. thing, and then white leather, and then like bamboo. It does inlay. look like I'm driving in something Arthur C. Clarke, you know, had in a movie or something. It's incredible. I fit okay in there, but uh, yeah, I don't know about the three. It might yeah. be a little too but small. Actually, that described the inside of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> yeah. ship, right? That's what that sounded more like to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's a, sustainable too. Or a Bond villain's lair. Oh. 
Yeah. There you All go. right. So we have no gears to grind. No. So we're going to move right on to our favorite part of the show, the Cars of the Week. Yeah, we get the price right music. So Cars of the Week is where Daryl and I, we dream – of cars that we could own. Actually, Daryl sat in a car he thought he could dream of, and it didn't work out. <laughs> anyway. It was. So anyway, Shattered dreams. But but that's how it works. Actually, Daryl dreamed so much about that car that he drove himself to a dealership that had the car. So kudos to you, Daryl, for actually trying to live out your dream. It didn't Thanks. work out this time. So Can I tell a similar story real yeah. quick? Oh, yeah. No, Dean, not allowed. So <laughs> – I was, I was moving away from my uh, Infiniti G37. I was ready to move to the next car. I grabbed my helmet and went to my favorite dealership in Bloomington, the O'Brien Nissan folks, and my guy, my sales guy that I bought lots of cars from, and I said, at your tent sale, we're going to hit every two-door sports car and see how I fit. I didn't fit in a thing. With the helmet on? With the helmet on. I so wanted um, a BMW uh, 2 Series or 1 Series. The uh, The 1. The 1. The the M. Oh, the M-ish thing. Oh, I so wanted that car. (laughs) You too. I might have needed a little mop to drool. Pick up the drool. Twin turbo inline six, small car, big fender flares. It was like the epitome of awesome little German rocket. But – I looked at the specs on the seats when those came out, and it was like headroom, legroom, foot. All. There's no way. I think there must be something to be said for big guys want little cars and little guys want big cars. What so, is there some confidence? There is. That's so true. Look at any lifted truck. If you go to – man, if you go to – I don't want to go down another rabbit hole here. I just want to say look at any lifted truck that's in a parking lot of like a farm and fleet and look at who gets out. A little guy like me. It's yeah. guy's got like he throws a rope ladder out the side of the building like an escape hatch and like and like like Mario climbing up like yeah. okay. Anyway. Well, so apparently I'm disproportionate from the bottom of my ass sitting in a seat to the top of my head. Yeah, I'm six foot tall. Yeah. But apparently You're if between my... Daryl and I. You're like perfectly between yeah. us. Guys. From if, the torso up, you're from saying. From the torso it's... up, I should be six five or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so <laughs> So I was I was all crank necked in there in that car trying to say, Oh, I gotta yeah, no, no. <laughs> Did you try to do the thing too where you convince you like I can make this work and you're like so, so, your vertebrae and your neck with I the can, helmet yeah, on and yeah, just like yeah. <laughs> And I'm putting the seat as low as I can and I'm tipping it back a little bit and then I can't see shit. Yeah. I can't see even out of the front. <laughs> <sighs> it's okay. That's We've all been there oh, and okay. by all I see me and Dean and Eric has Camaros too. I so wanted a Camaro. How do you fit seriously though, like in the Supra that's got a tight roof line. It, it is tight. It's big when you get in. When but. you when you put the helmet on, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle. Yeah. But realistically, the helmet's the only time I have a problem. But the, the bigger thing for me is I have to put my hand down on the, the, the rocker panel in order to really just get in comfortably every time okay. or, or to get out. I push my hand down. You know, and you probably do have the vet, right? Corvette. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So, that's a Corvette. Yeah, Saddle. you know, but I'm used sure. to the I'm used to my trucks where, like, on the the Tundra, I have the handle, the A pillar handle, and okay. I like and I like it. So it's basically just a different movement to get in and out of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's little, not, I'm a little guy. That's okay. Well, and that's I started doing too when I I was in that century. I'm like, well, I could probably make this work, but if I pull into a Cars and Coffee, I don't want anyone looking at me. 
while I'm getting in or you out. You pull up yeah. with the Volvo. It couldn't have been that yeah. much different than the Volvo. It, 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 it was. It was. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Surprisingly. So, anyway, so there's my car shopping story. Right. Love it. Yeah, so cars, <laughs> cars, cars of the week. I don't know if anybody bought Bitcoin, but it was rolling at 50. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, really? And, and uh, you probably could have bought any of your dream cars had you bought Bitcoin five years ago. Oh. Anyway. I own five one-hundredths of a Bitcoin. I don't even know what that translates to. Is it $28? I don't know. Uh, 3000 bucks <laughs> okay. right now. All right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so you take that virtual currency. You take your uh, your money from PayPal or Bitcoin, and you buy a car virtually in your mind online. And Daryl and I always find this out. We take that virtual money, and we have the virtual car purchase made. We show it to our wives and see if she'll let us pull the actual physical trigger. Generally speaking, that doesn't happen. And this week, Daryl, I can guarantee you the vehicle that I've decided on, uh-huh. the missus will not let me buy. So let me tell you all about it. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah. So Cars from Japan is a website that you and I have been perusing lately and uh, carfromjapan.com. That's where you found that century. I tried really, really hard to find a Land Cruiser pickup. The 70s series Land Cruiser, they're, they're brand new and they're, they're hot in Australia. They're hot in Europe. But you can't get them. Here in the United States. Now, they made 70 series trucks back in the day that actually had utility functions like, you know, pickup trucks and things like that, uh, flatbed, steak beds. Mm. And then you found them in Australia, but you also found them in Saudi Arabia. I tried really, really hard to find that dream website, carsfromsaudiarabia.com, but there is no such thing. Didn't exist? No, there's a lot of Saudi Arabian car sites, and they load really slow. I don't know if they had to go through the firewalls of the United States in order for me to peruse the inventory. Yeah. Uh, But I did find this this cute little car here in uh, the Netherlands. It's a Toyota Land Cruiser 70 Series with a 4.2 liter diesel engine. It's a 2001, and it's just got the regular cab. It's a five-speed diesel inline engine. And it's going for a cool 17,500 euros. Don't know the miles. I have no idea what this thing is. But it's basically a white utility front. It's got black steel wheels and it's got a gray utility bed, maybe even like a dump bed on the back. But I can tell you, Daryl, if I had this truck, mm-hmm. I could maybe own this for the next 20 years. And I'm, I'm, I'm going on 50. So if I had this truck for the next 20 years, I mean, that'd be a good purchase, right? Because as translated to the United States Second dollars, to the last car. Yeah. it's $21,000. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great great deal. It right? is. And there's nothing comparable you could buy today. No. Nothing with... My it, Kubota. I could buy a Kubota tractor that might be more <laughs> right. comparable to this thing. More bulletproof. <laughs> Think about that, though. That's not a tiny... A lot of the older uh, Land Cruiser stuff had, like, was it a 2.5? or so? It's a smaller diesel. Yeah. yeah. This thing actually looks like a pretty beefy yeah, rig. Pr- pretty pretty functional. And you see a couple of these in gas motors from Saudi Arabia on the trails out west. You'll see guys who, that have found them, but they are exceedingly rare. Interesting. Yeah. So that would be my virtual purchase. That is my car of the week. Think of all the things you could do here at the ranch with that truck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe I could talk the wife into this one. Maybe. maybe. (laughs) Or maybe not. You could haul lumber or just get coffee and danishes and go to a show. I mean, one of those two things. I just park it and polish it. (laughs) No, no, I wouldn't polish that thing. I'd I'd probably wear a lot more Carhartt clothing, I think. You You would. Oh, there you go. Dickies? Some Dickies. Yeah, Yeah, I'd get some Dickies. And uh, I got some Wolverine boots. I'd be be good. (laughs) Not bad. I like your style. (laughs) All right, Daryl. Daryl, what do you got? Your cars of the week. You hid it from us. I did. It must be really good. No, it's nothing fancy. It's it's more old old junk. But uh, I found uh, Gateway Classic Cars, which a lot of people are familiar with. I think they got their start down in uh, uh, Fairview Heights, Illinois, uh, or Fairmont City, I should say, technically. Outside St. Louis, hence Gateway. Uh, But they're all (laughs) over the place now. They've got uh, showrooms in Texas, mostly do – Chicago, all over. They mostly deal with uh, collector cars, antiques, stuff like that, specialties. But they do some one-off 
uh, kind of goofball stuff. There was a few centuries for sale uh, at one point there. <laughs> okay. But now you found them. Yeah, actually. Uh, my dad's actually dealt with them too before. Uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, they've got one uh, in their showroom that I really kind of started to like. And it's a 60 Buick LeSabre four-door hardtop, what they call the flat top. Their roof line, they've got this beautiful kind of flat roof line and this wraparound back window that's very kind of mid-century, just cool. Uh, but it's also just a big old space age Buick, um, 364 nailhead V8, which was a, a long staple in, in Buick's V8s after they got rid of the the straight inline eight. Uh, the later ones ran inline a, eight. That yeah. seems crazy, man. Oh Hundreds, yeah, like seven or eight hundred pound motors. Oh my huge. god. But the, uh, the the nailhead ones replaced it. I think they ran that into the late 60s. So this thing's a peak. It's uh, 364 cubic inches. Uh, I believe it's still got a Dynaflow transmission and uh, just a cool old 50s or 60s cruiser. And it's kind of in an aqua blue with a white top. It's not a it's not your typical 50s colors, but it's it's just a cool old Buick. And for some reason, I'm starting to get into the Buicks again. Uh, my first car was a 78 LeSabre. Not nearly as cool as this. So maybe you just set the, the Wayback Machine back to 1960. For sale in St. Louis? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, Fort Lauderdale. Sorry. It's on eBay right now. I don't know what it is for a buy it now. but No, I can't see it. I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, you got – okay. Oh, yeah, thank you. you. Oh, oh. I'm guessing oh. this thing's probably going to go for 12 to 15-ish. That's crazy so. cheap, it seems like to me. Yeah. To, for by did, the pound, it's pretty cheap. Did you show it? Say, did you show it to the wife? No, no. I, okay, then we know he's not serious. I'm not serious yet, but uh, <laughs> if one comes across, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So, so that's my pick. My first car was a '68 Buick Skylark in almost that same color. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah, neat. it had the little uh, skirted uh, rear tires. Yep, big piece of trim that goes down, kind of yeah, swoops. The, yeah. the shark gills on the side. Yeah, '68 yeah. is pretty car. Yeah. So was it a two-door, four-door? Two-door. Two-door. 350, two-barrel, two-speed. Oh, it was a power glide. So the thing would probably just – it's probably dead simple to work on. Oh, my God. It was – yeah. And and I was getting – I actually tracked gas mileage on it. I was getting 30 to 35 miles to the gallon on what? the highway. What? On the highway. You could – if you kept your foot out of it – my dad had a 307 Nova with a two-barrel. And if you kept your foot out of it, you'd get pretty good mileage. The okay. trouble is when gas was cheapish, I guess, yeah. you just put your foot in it. Yeah, it was back in the dollar-a-gallon days for me, but yeah. you know, I would, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. All right. So, Dean, I know you peruse the internet quite often, and uh, it looks like you might have some something that caught your eye recently. So, you know, if I was to go out and buy something mm-hmm. – I think this new Wrangler with the Demon engine in it is just fantastic. I think that would just be a hoot. That big 392 horse of an engine in a four-door Wrangler. I think that would just does be... It, does it scare you at all? Yeah, it scares me to death. <laughs> That's why I, I mean, want it. I mean, frankly, you go down the highway on this and you hit the brakes, I think you're going to flip over forward because <laughs> there's so much weight on the front end. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to the critics who say that Chrysler's answer to everything now is to just throw a Hellcat motor in everything? I'd say, who the hell cares? Thank you. Thank God they're doing it, right? I right. mean, I mean yeah. somebody ought to. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> that's, that's the Internet LS swap joke or Coyote swap joke. Let's make it happen. Doing it. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. When you go into a steakhouse and they ask if you want 
mushrooms or grilled this or that, all these things. You know, you want blue cheese on top of that? Yes. The answer is always yes. Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay, what do you want? No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, just yes. <laughs> Check all the boxes. <laughs> That's cool. What, uh, what, what, what particularly catches your eye with that? Just the whole power to yeah. wait? I have always thought that uh, Wranglers were a little underpowered with that six. And so drive the, my forerunner. <laughs> it's just the big tires. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so more power f- fixes all the problems of the world. It does, but it's the right power because I I drove a uh, – when I was shopping for the Explorer, one of the cars I was looking at was a um, uh, Grand Cherokee because I used to own one, a mm-hmm. Limited. And it's like, okay, let's get the let's get the 5.7. Let's see what the the V8's like. Oh my god, I hated it. Really? I hated it. Hmm. It was a dog. Huh. I mean, off the line, blech. Trying to pass, blech. It uh, was just it 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 felt terrible. So I would have rather drove my F150. Yeah, throw a supercharger on it, maybe maybe it wakes it up. Well, so maybe even the 62 without the supercharger or the 64 without the whichever one that is that might have been okay yeah i wonder if it's the grand cherokee yeah. just a, just a heavy platform because i know the dodge truck guys you know that 57 is awesome and well so people love it but it's also might just be a lot lighter i don't doubt that it's a rock solid bulletproof motor it, it's an old motor it's old technology that's been updated it's great i'm sure it's bulletproof but it was 360 horse and i think 300 and some change uh, torque. I okay. mean, it was really, it didn't feel right to me, right? Jumped in this Explorer ST, 400 horsepower, 415 foot-pounds of torque. It was a flipping rocket ship. And she looks good, too. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, let's kill this. And like I said, tune in because we're going to have a, a just a special autocross edition here interview with Dean come up after the show. Uh, let's go ahead and knock this one out. For Throwing Wrenches, this is Eric Stahl. I'm Daryl Scott. Thank you very much, Dean Plumador. All right. Thanks again for coming on, Dean. And for everybody else, make sure you give us reviews because we live and die by those reviews. Make sure you stop by our Facebook page, get on Instagram, get on LinkedIn, get on Twitter, get on TikTok, get on Snapchat. Am I missing anything, Daryl? No. We have stickers. We have stickers. (laughs) We have stickers. We have stickers. We'll send you one. Do it. Do it. All right. Thanks again for listening.